Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another conversation with today at Agora Community. We have uh, well, a couple things to tell you today. One of them is I'll be flying solo. Um, David and I are getting a divorce. Um, it just, it's just not working out. Um, it's, it's totally him, not me. Um, but, um, but we're, we may, we may be able to patch it back together. Just kidding. He's actually, he's actually home with the, the kids are, um, the, um, there's, um, he's flying solo over there today. So he may show up in chat. He might even jump in at some point. And if that's Shelly Johnson in chat, then I'm very excited to see those, 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 uh, those letters in my, uh, in my feed. If that's, is that Shelly Johnson, Shelly Annam? It might not be. I just had this sudden feeling that it might be. But um, so, yes, it'll be just me today. But well, not just me, because we have a guest, as usual. We have um, uh, none other than Osama Darius. Do- Do- um, uh, Do- I don't know why I can never say his, say his last name properly. He can he can correct me when he's online. Um, he is um, someone who I've had the pleasure of being on many panels with, actually, over the years. He is a veteran game designer with 14-plus uh, years experience. He's worked um, in uh, AAA. He's worked in indie. He's, qu- he's quite literally done it all. He's currently at Warner Brothers Montreal, uh, but he's done many things before that. He's also been in the educational space. Um, don't be sorry, Shelly. I, 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 I love you just as much. I just, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I suddenly had this feeling that it was. But um, um, so, yeah, he's the educational space. He's worked at, uh, he's been the, um, uh, the coordinator for a, a program over at Dawson College, as well as a teacher for many, many years. Um, also a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of work done in, um, in conferences. He does talks everywhere. He's been very, very vocal at GDC over the last many years. And he also, oh, does it say Scott under my cam right now? Does it really? Oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing. Let me just fix that. <laughs> Thanks, Pitar. Can always count on you. I pretended to be Scott today, but like I always say, I don't have the muscles for it. Quite literally. Um, and more, most recently, um, hot off the press, he is, uh, he just, um, actually, uh, got uh, brought in officially to the board of, uh, advisors, uh, at GDC. So lots to talk about. Um, I, I, I keep threatening to bring on people that are peripheral to, um, to our experience is as animators. And this is obviously a very game, um, animation, um, focused chat. I mean, we had one just not recent, uh, not very long ago with, uh, Bobby, um, who talked about um, game anime, um, gameplay, um, um, sorry, animation uh, programming. And so now we have someone who's got a lot of design experience. Um, I, the, I th- the reason I thought that um, Osama would be the perfect person to bring in is because he's such a natural collaborator. He's the kind of person that you want to see across the aisle in your design department. Um, because as I've mentioned many, many times before, and this will come up in chat for sure. I'm sure this will be a great topic for us to dig into. One of the biggest problems with game development is the divides between departments. And it's very, very, very unnecessarily challenging. Um, and a lot of it comes down to personality. <laughs> To be completely frank with you, it comes down to culture and personality. 
So let's bring in Osama and see if he agrees with me. Um, and uh, we can chat about it. Osama, how are, you? how are you? Hey, Brent. How you doing? Good, man. Good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you again for inviting me. You're very welcome. Thank you for just taking the time. And I forgot to, to warn everybody about your hat collection. You oh, have many yes, hats. of course. That He's is got a lot half, of hats. About half my collection. <laughs> I, I, I bet... I have a funny feeling that's being very modest. I bet you that's much less than half, but okay. Probably less than half, yeah. <laughs> So what do you think about that, that overall comment just to kind of jump into it? Like you're, you're, you know, you've been game design for quite a while. Like, do you not feel it? Do you feel like, and, and I feel like two of these, like there's, there's the triangle, right? There's the trifecta of a game development as far as gameplay mechanics and it's programming design and animation because yes. those three departments, not to say that there's not a lot of other departments that work on this. I'm there for sure are, but there's like at the core of it, you know, it, on most games, there's those three departments and they need to find a way of like understanding the game and making, working towards making the same game rather than three different versions of a game, you know? And often a lot of those frictions just come down to the way that people act, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say actually your second comment is the one I would give uh, more, uh, like, I guess, credit for. Mm. Uh, whenever I found teams work well together, it's usually because of the culture that was set in place yeah. in, in the company. Yeah. Uh, but even if you have a really strong culture in the, in the company, if you don't have people who are willing to, you know, play ball, yep. there's yep. a lot of people who cut corners and Absolutely. do whatever they want for the betterment of. You you nailed it. You said it was a collaborative uh, venture, and that's actually one of the biggest problems that we have in the industry. Is a lot of people come in with ego. Uh, a lot of people come in yeah. and they just want to put their mm -hmm. uh, mark on a thing. So they only care, for example, about their portfolio at the end. They don't yeah. care about the end result. Like, uh, am I going to be able to present this as something that's my own? Uh, and because of that, they want to put their stamp on on the, on the, on, on the, the, the end, end product. I'm trying to yeah. be a little bit vague on purpose. Yeah, I know. It's super fine. Super fine. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a topic we could talk about for a really long time. Yeah, like really, it's it's really a hot one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Because well, how do you stop that? That's a... Big that push. is a really yeah and i mean in the idea of just team culture in general it's like sure there's lots of things you want happening properly on team culture one of those things of course is collaboration but yeah. there are many other things how about respect how yeah. about how about just diversity how about inclusiveness how about uh, just like you know like i could go on literally all day it's accountability and, too there's yeah also, accountability yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. absolutely integrity like i could li literally go forever and and like as you said yes i agree i agree culture is is the bigger thing you're trying to shift but it takes people to create a culture absolutely. it also takes people to shift a culture so if you have, if you have some bad players um, and I don't mean video game players. I mean like just bad, bad like actors, seeds yeah. on the seed, bad actors is like, like there was the word I was actually looking for. Then unfortunately, um, that's going to be hard to, uh, to, to shift a culture or to maintain one. Um, and you know, the saddest part is from my experience, it's like very, very rarely are the, you know, are these bad actors trying to be bad actors? You know what I mean? And which is the, that's the hard part. If they were, if like villains knew there were villains, you can maybe just be like, hey, dude, stop being a villain. Or hey, can you please, ma'am, can you stop being like that? Or it's like, then it would be easy. But unfortunately, everyone's a hero in their own story. You know, that's the, that's the classic villain ma mantra. Absolutely. And they really don't think that they're the villain at all. And so and how do you, how do you fix that? Well, I mean, 
I don't have the answer, of no, course, because otherwise yeah. I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> the world would be a perfect place and you'd <laughs> exactly. be like the president of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I saw that really works is um, one of the dangers of this is when you approach a thing as only your uh, discipline, when you, you actually uh, say, for example, we are the designers, you're the animators, you're the programmers, so let's come together mm -hmm. and do a thing. Uh, I find it works better if you have like a strike force and say, hey, we are the team that's working on such and such characters, combat yeah. animations yep. as that. Yep. And our team is multidisciplinary. And yep. instead of the designers sitting on one side of the studio mm. and the programmers yes. sitting on another side of the studio yeah. with their respective leads, instead, if you have the strike force, yep. this group of people working totally. on the same thing, sit close to the other, to, to each yep. other, have proximity together, where they have sort of like the equivalent of team lunches, like strike yeah. force lunches, yep. lunches, like team building exercises that are between them. Uh, and a producer that's there for the topic, not for the <clears throat> discipline. Uh, I think that's a step in the right direction. That's yep. actually, it's going to help people collaborate and understand. I agree. Just working towards the same whole, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, Rather than the siloing that happens when they're just sort of like in, de in departments that just get these work orders and they work on stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Part of the day-to-day -day job is collaborating and because you're you're you need to figure that as a, as a small independent team luckily most most of the modern studios i've worked at um tend to work with this model now they some call some of them call them cells some call them strike teams like there's different names for them yes. different brands but they're all they're all kind of in the same you know the different different versions of the same antidote right yes absolutely and the, you're, you're absolutely right that's exactly one of the things that have been shown to be the most productive yeah is to to break these barriers that we mm -hmm. put into place based on discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another is actually starting from the very top is to have clearer direction. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. But by clearer direction, I don't mean specific direction. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I love that you just said that. I mean, we could talk about <laughs> hours on this one, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would love to hear what you would say. What yeah, you, yeah. You please continue. I am. Let's 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 uh, let's do this. So, well, actually, you know what, Osama, just give me a second, just because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt the flow, but I think that's a perfect time to pause because I know we both know where we're going with this one. Yes. Um, can I, you're, you have um, a headset mic, but I think we're getting your sound out of your your camera. I should have noticed this oh. earlier. But so oh, just go check, yeah, just go check your. Um, it'll just be better. Like the, the video quality will be better afterwards. So if you hit the little gear, you should be able to choose the this right head. Better. Uh, I still still it hasn't changed. Oh. Say something. Is that better? Yeah, but it's a little on the low side. Let me. Just... How about this? Is this better? I don't think. Are you sure it's coming from there? I'm not sure. Though. Tap it for me. Oh yeah, it's coming from there. It's it is. Is that better? Oh no, it's perfect. I don't know. It suddenly just got better now. I don't know why, but okay, good. Because I tapped it. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what you needed to do. Just the magic tap. Okay, please continue. I have like four different uh microphones i guess even my monitor has a microphone built in so i can never figure out which one's which yeah i know um, it's definitely the right one it's it definitely sounds better it's more isolating i was hearing a lot of the room before so uh, I, I find that some of the problems is where the handoff is well, like mm. because we are we work in a creative field the end yeah. result is a combination of a lot of people's hearts like a they lot want to into people. it yeah and yeah. if you don't give people the ability <laughs> to put a little bit of themselves into Absolutely. the you're going to lose them and that's going to cause a lot of friction they'll just start so, phoning it in right they won't even be really invested they'll just be like okay whatever i'm just following orders now so absolutely they die inside and, creatively and sadly that's something a lot of designers are guilty of 
they mm-hmm. when they come and they say i need a a, a combat animation for mm-hmm. example that uh the, what they're supposed to say is i need it to be of this distance and they need it to like feel like this because the player mm-hmm. has to have mm-hmm. like whatever mm-hmm. mechanics it has to have an yeah. aoe at the end yeah. it has whatever yeah if you, they keep it as vague as uh, as possible when it comes to the artistic side of it, mm. but as specific as possible when it comes to the gameplay, which is what they're in like, charge of. Like the mechanics. The mechanics of it, right. Yeah. Like that, how does it work? Exactly. That allows the, the artists to be able to yes. put a little bit of themselves oh, and man. to put the flair and the touch and, and suggest things that the designer isn't necessarily equipped in, in, in mm bringing them yep. forward and yep. that helps with the collaboration because yep. everyone feels like they have yep. ownership over the same thing and it mm-hmm. works in the other direction too if the designer goes to the programmer and say i want you to code it this way <laughs> why yeah. why are you dictating why be even, so even if, yeah oh don't worry i know a lot about coders i used to script all the time whatever yeah. it is it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. Yeah. talk about the end results yeah uh, and put like limits say it cannot yeah. be more than this or yeah. less than that yeah this exactly. is this is the, the sweet spot. constraints like build define a sandbox to play within right exactly and everything yeah. else can exist in, in between and have yeah. at it yeah yeah and we'll revisit it later so mm. if if you approach the this collaboration in this way a lot of people are able to put more of themselves into into the byproduct and they'll be happier and the collaboration will be easier so people yeah. will have clearly defined guide like guidelines of yeah where where they're allowed to play if you yeah. don't do that the end result is bickering and fighting oh, oh yeah. well you told me to do this uh i'm gonna do this instead because it's my expertise oh no yep. that's not what i said okay we're gonna have to take yep. it to someone else to like mediate between yep. us because yeah. we didn't have clear yeah uh, uh, boundaries yep. or understanding of what how yep. we're supposed to actually approach this and that's a, yep. a big problem uh, it's the, a the, really big problem get it yeah. like and like you said it leads to bickering and fighting and the bickering and fighting leads to an, a, a lackluster product every single a hundred percent do we know who loses the most in the end is the player the, the player, player who's gonna who invested money in buying this this product that wants to be entertained unfortunately might hopefully still get a decent experience but it might it's always lessened due to these kinds of conflicts uh by the way everyone in chat you may actually witness me proposing to osama today um because he's gonna say a lot of things i'm just gonna want to marry uh, hey, i just say yes right now and cut to the chase <laughs> good know. good you know it's funny i i've been talking a little bit about having panels um where it's not just two people talking but like we talk people pick a topic like this yeah. but we make sure we bring people who has very opposing um views on it because i think it's healthy to get it out it there is. and put the cards Absolutely. on the table and talk about it because you know the, the truth lies always in the middle because here's the thing over the years, because I'm buying everything you're selling right now, and I think that the really tricky part is I think the key, the key, and I obsess over this a lot, the key is it's about, it's it's not about being rigid with jurisdiction, it's about giving space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get, like, like, even if you do know, even if you can make safe assumptions, hey, look, it's Christine. Hi, Christine. Not the ring is mine. She's claimed, she's taking her claim. <laughs> Christine's my girlfriend. Oh, uh, otherwise known as my fiance, who's who we've been engaged for like probably since the beginning of time. We have to finally sort of do something about that, right, Christine? Probably at some point. Um. So yeah. So um. She. Well, I've been discovered. My my secret love on the side has been discovered. It's Osama. <laughs> so so basically, you know, th- this it's it's even if you do know, like you were saying, if you've done scripting before, even if you have, you've dabbled in programming. Why would you bother? Like it doesn't matter. That's not your job. Your job is to keep your eye on the prize that is your 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 wheelhouse which is 100 
um the mechanics you know as a designer and like and for animation it's about the realization of the of the feature and like if everyone can just and it's not to say that you're not allowed to suggest things absolutely please do but there's a difference between like being like very very directive and very very prescriptive right from the get-go and because you know and and i i will say this too sometimes designers um will 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 put a bunch of stuff in there and sometimes it's just it's sometimes it's like the 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 you know the 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 past trauma that that is that 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 other these other artists and programmers have experienced and they might read into it and think that the designer is being too prescriptive but the designer is like no 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 these are just the things that were in my brain but please you tell me you know what i mean exactly. so sometimes it's just a matter of like maybe they've been bit before you know there's some post traumatic stress that's coming which is a real thing for real um yeah. coming from other experiences on other projects where you've they've maybe worked with people that were really high maintenance and stuff and so they just assume based on the language that that's what is being expected and, and we meanwhile the person might be super collaborative but they just don't know so sometimes the animators and the programmers and these other departments need to also take a deep breath and not not freak out and not become so guarded and defensive when someone comes with some suggestions because maybe that's all they are is just suggestions right absolutely and that actually even within the same discipline that there's a lot of room to allow like for example if there if you're a more senior on a project or a lead on a project and you have to work with someone who's more uh junior and you're mentoring them even in those contexts even within the same discipline you have to allow room for the other person to express themselves a little absolutely. and to fail without fear absolutely that's extremely important mm-hmm. so it becomes even more important when you're talking cross disciplinary like mm-hmm. when you're when you're working on collaborative teams between other disciplines mm-hmm. yeah. um i've seen um battles between uh more senior people on small projects and big projects where everybody's only looking at the part that they are going to be at fault for mm. you know that's how they look at it they're like oh yeah. well yeah, yeah. no i can't make the animation shorter than this because then it'll look bad yeah okay, it's but plain you defense. can't make it longer because then it won't feel responsive and yep. that's all we all yep. two people only care about that one thing instead Absolutely. of working together to yep. try to define what they're trying to do and yeah. find a solution that's going to answer yep. both questions yeah yeah um, and that's really really destructive so it is I totally agree. I, 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 I'm going to say another thing. I'm going to put a drop another topic in a hat, which is very, very related to this. I feel like at the heart of a lot of these sort of disagreements, other than maybe just experience and maybe just personality and just, you know, philosophy that can sometimes collide on this uh, in this particular um, topic. But I think that another main thing that lives at the heart of, 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 of conflict between those three departments that we're talking about right now is the fact that there is sometimes, unfortunately, too often that I like to say, um, or I'd like to admit, there is a big disparity or like like a quite literal incompatibility between the art direction of the game and the game direction of the game. Yeah. And the animation department, unfortunately, and the programming department are literally victims of this completely ridiculous incompatibility. Here, let me allow me to, just for, for the people in chat might not be catching my drift. I know you are right away. Uh, I can see the nod. But basically, let's say we're making a game that looks like Assassin's Creed, right? Um, the art direction is very hyper-real, like photo-real. But meanwhile, you got designers who are like giving me the whole, you know, reactivity is everything. And it needs to be super highly, like no latency at all. And they want something that plays like Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. This has literally been my experience in, in, in times in the past. And I'm just, I'm frustrated by that because I'm just like, 
Like, why is there not someone at the top that realizes that this is this is what's happening? Of course, yeah. you're like yeah. you're setting up these departments to fail, and they're gonna they're gonna end up having a hard time with it. And people will try to voice concerns, and it just turns into like, oh, you're just sort of like trying to defend your your team. I'm like, no, I'm actually not. I'm actually trying to make sure we have a good balanced product on our hands. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're not barking up the right tree for that to happen. So, your thoughts? Yeah, no, hundred and ten percent agreed. And mm -hmm. that comes from uh, a lot of. There are a lot of things you could do to address that. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage of why oh, this yeah. happened. Yep. Uh, one of the things I could talk about is that people will usually care about what they're rewarded for and what they're punished for. That's what they're looking for because that's how they measure their own success. Hmm. So if you look at an animator and at the end of whatever cycle, you tell them, great, you created this many animations. Yeah. And the quality of them is good. And then you don't look at the whole package and say, okay, but the whole package didn't work. Mm. Then that's what they're going to care about. And whether yeah. animation director or, 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 or whatnot, same thing for a designer. If it's at the end, you say, okay, I need this to be perfectly uh, responsive. And that's all the criteria is if there's no one on top, who's actually evaluating the, the, the top, the, the holistic view of whatever that feature is and, you know, giving criteria based on that, then of course everyone's going to be you know just looking at just the part that they're going to uh, yeah. submit that's yeah. very natural oh yeah um uh, it's it, it boils down to that it boils down to to direction almost mm -hmm. all the time small project yeah. or big project yeah um yeah. This is, it's crazy that you came up with that same example with the Mario Brothers and on Assassin's Creed because ah. that's that's the experience pretty much everywhere. That's like yep. E back it's and forth. Two games on the end, ends of the same spectrum, right? Like yeah. on yeah, quite yeah. literal polar opposites on the same spectrum. But, yes. uh, and both have value and both are incredible. They both have absolute value. They're yeah. both great games, but they are they the games are constructed in order to facilitate some of these high-level direction choices. Like they can't have a game like I mean Assassin's Creed is famous for its latency. You know, yes. some people don't like the game because of that. Yeah. But that those were sacrifices that the team decided to make as a team. Like, look, we are going to make this game less responsive because we are leaning in on the whole Prince of Persia idea, which was a very animation-driven game where it's going to be very fluid it's going to be very graphic. It's going to be very cinematic. These are the things that are going to play into the sort of fantasy of the game. And therefore, we don't need air control. We don't need yeah. these things because that's not the game. It's not a freaking platformer. Yeah. But it's amazing how many times I've dealt, dealt with developers that don't know how to take a step back and understand how it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, it's like making a pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're making apple pie. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need to add like the typical things, you know, but you know, you're not going to put mustard in the apple pie because that wouldn't make any sense. People are coming back for seconds. But don't don't but forget the sugar either. Mustard is great on hot dogs. Why can't that, we? Add it, it is. To the apple yeah, pie? <laughs> there we go. You're right. So you know, so why wouldn't it be good on the on the apple pie? Yeah. yeah, I honestly feel like sometimes those are the kind of conversations and arguments that are happening, and I'm just like, am I on a like, am I in a Twilight Zone episode? Why are we having this? Because I think it's just clear for some people and not clear for others. I think some people are very good at, like you said, they're very discipline oriented. They understand that they want to do what they do and they have certain values that they've sort of attributed to success in their particular discipline. And so they just kind of, they go for the, you know, the, their, their greatest hits every single time they make a game. Doesn't matter what game, they go, they go there no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're focused on whatever is going to land in their portfolio or whatever yeah. they could build a GDC talk about or whatever yes. it is yeah whatever metric it is that they yeah. evaluate success on exactly and 
that's the responsibility generally of leadership to be able to give other criteria for for success yeah. and say yeah. no, this is our mark this is what yes. we're trying to align yes and it's okay if the animation is shorter it's okay yeah. if it's not the exactly. latency is longer yes. like that's what we're going for totally so, give license 100 exactly. to the team make sure they understand the big picture and what the ingredients are in this cake so that people know like so the animation department aren't like sometimes some of these departments are sometimes guarded because no one told them not to be yeah no yeah. one said, hey, this is uh, – you're not going to like hearing this, but animation is not at the forefront of this game. It needs to facilitate a bunch of these things. It doesn't need to be hyper-stylized. It needs to be reactive because that's the game we're making. We're making Vanquish 4 or whatever, and it just needs to be hot and fast and twitchy because that's the game we're making. And hopefully you can still be on board, and hopefully we didn't just make you want to hand in your resignation. Um, but that's just the reality. That's the game we're making. That's what we decided yeah. to do as and a company, so as a team. If so, so be it. Like, um, yeah. if it doesn't it makes, work out, it, so be it. it, it, it exactly. Yeah. And it's no, it makes no, I don't want you, no, no offense. I don't want you on the team if you're going to be dragging your heels because yeah. you're making a game that's about like, you know, it's a third person shooter and you hate games with shooting in it. It's like, okay, like it might suck if you've been at a company for a really long time. Hopefully if you've been at a company that long, there's a good chance that these kind of things might not happen. You might be able to jump around maybe different departments, still find your groove. But yeah. like one thing is for sure, don't stay on a project if you're just going to be <laughs> dragging those heels because that's not yeah. going to be fun for anybody, especially you. And the, if, if you're very clear about what it is that you're looking for, you want to do, maybe there's another department for you. Oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah, possible yeah, yeah. that you could maybe yeah. go into the cinema, like the, the yeah. uh, cinematography yeah. department. Where you go? Absolutely. The cinematics department. Sorry, yeah. I said it wrong twice. The yeah. cinematics department, if you want to do something like that, there, there, there may be more freedom for what you want to do. Well, or maybe move you away from navigation and put you towards enemy combat where like, absolutely. the animations matter more. And It's that kind so of thing. different. It's almost yeah. like a completely animation. And like, I mean... I don't want to make this all about animation, but this is where yeah. I'm coming from. But there are so many types of animation. Like you could even maybe even wander and grab, like kind of like start to learn about VFX because I feel like VFX departments can always use a very animator eye on on, on this kind of stuff. You know, you, cinematics is a good example. If you're the kind of person who just really likes polishing things and making them look beautiful, and you're all about emotions, then you know gameplay might not be your thing. Even though I have always professed that you can always add lots of layers of emotion into the gameplay animation. Absolutely, um, it may not be immediately obvious or um you know to you and me still might still might not be your style you might not like all the restrictions that still come with that so yeah absolutely cinematics might be something you might want to explore you know it's funny so i don't want to i don't want to single out a studio here but i'm going to do it in, in because it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good bad thing i think i want to kind of talk about how some studios try to address this Ubisoft, big company, um, they can handle it. They've been around long enough to take my my criticisms, um, and it's not all criticisms here. So here's an interesting thing, and I know you know this because yes, you work there. I work there. Um, yeah. So they have something they call the Design Academy, and this Design Academy is something that they usually do in Montreuil, which is in France, which is where a head office is. At least that's where they used to do it. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> I'm going to give you the full story here, which is funny. This is going to be the animator's version of this. And I, and I kind of brought it, I got brought into the fold at some point. So I was, I, I, I went from not really getting it to then kind of getting it and then having some time to reflect on it. So I'll give you the full, the full, uh, the full thing here. So I, I remember people use bitch and moan and complain about, oh, that's where the designers go to get brainwashed, you know? And because designers at Ubisoft do have a habit from my experience, from my past experiences to be a little bit like their mantra. Like, it's like, they might as well just be wearing t-shirts that say, you know, reactivity is king. And if you don't like it, then get out of my way. You know, it's like, they're tended to be very, very uh, possessive, very, very controlling with the gameplay mechanics. And because um, I feel like Ubisoft has always been 
people see them as a very art driven company because because the art is beautiful in their games um but um i would honestly argue that it's a it's a design driven comp- um, uh, studio because um because of the focus that they put i don't see a lot of other departments getting like they're they don't get like this yearly summit where they you know they do the academy thing like the designers do and i think a lot of that had to do with editorial was run by a kind of a designer so it just makes sense but yeah. So I love I, I love hate this. I love it because it's the right thing to do. I, I like it when companies try to, um, you know, make sure they understand their signature and they try to better under, you know, you know, build uniformity in their games and sort of kind of establish a kind of consistency to their product. This makes sense to do these kinds of things. Um, but what I think, what, what I think is it, the, the problem it leads to is these echo chambers where yep. it's like, now it just goes there. And then like, what you're like, is it only design in a game? No. Yep. What are, where's the voices of these other departments that need to be balanced into that equation to make him to make a, a well-rounded product. They did eventually start inviting, get this animators to these and I was wow. super impressed by them. I was like, That's wow, great. you know, a feather in your cap. Okay, so you get it. It's a good idea to expose both sides to this, this whole equation. Um, and I'm, I'm curious that they still do that. But it was like, yeah. it was around, around the, the last years of my time at Ubisoft that I, that I got an experience to do that. They flew us out there. It was like a, it was like a, a group of, of uh, more veteran uh, animators and animation directors that got sent out to, to the Design Academy that one year. And it was awesome. That's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, like, I don't. I'm sure I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure this is your experience as well. But when I go to conferences, um, I don't only attend game design talks. Yeah, um, no, me. Exactly. Usually, when I attend a game design talk, I mean th- it varies, of course, depending <clears throat> on which talk. But I'll ninety percent of the talk is stuff I already know, and ten percent <clears throat> is my learnings, and that ten percent is valuable and it justifies the whole talk. I'm not <clears throat> saying anything bad about sure. it. But this is what it is. You're building on something. Yep. When I go, but I try to go to talks of other disciplines all the time. Like one of my favorite talks that I I, I went to uh, mm-hmm. when GDC was physical was um, a talk by Insomniac about how they built the city with Houdini, a tool I don't even use. Yeah. And yeah. I, I learned so much. But what yep. I learned was the probably the bottom 10%. And the 90% mm. went over my head because sure. this is not my discipline. Yeah. But this 10% was just as valuable as a 10% sure. that I would learn from yeah. a game design talk. Maybe even more so. Maybe more so. Maybe. It gives me a common language with exactly. people from another department. Exactly. And it allows me to understand where they're coming yes. from, what their aspirations yep. are, what, the, what, the, what they want to learn. Yep. This is invaluable. Super so powerful. When Ubisoft, as, a, as an example, sets up <clears> these academies uh, and they only show it to designers, that's not that's not that's not enough you have to make no. these like more broad you can have intro uh, yep. classes yep especially for a designer but also for an animator who's working on gameplay yep. for a designer to understand how animation works and how coding to a certain extent uh, animation coding works that's going to help them in their job because they're going to know yep. how much they don't know yep. they're going to understand that their suggestions are pot- potentially you know just not the full picture they're not going to yep. be able to inform it so yep. imagine the same thing would apply for an animator if they were understood like some principles of, of game design just the basics of like combat design and the like it'll help inform uh, their animations which ones they choose or how long they are all of these things uh, because it's not always possible in, in our craft to say at the beginning i need this to last for 12 frames mm-hmm. because once you play test it and you realize it's twice as long and then animation has to be redone that's frustrating yeah. for for Everybody. both people and for yeah. everyone exactly nobody's happy about changing no. the, the the metric no. so if it's rigid at the beginning and someone's upset because they 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 they, they provided the animation exactly at the specifications <clears throat> the designer's upset because it's not working right and they need to change it if they 
sat next to each other and communicated and understood <gasps> sacrilege. Maybe we just use keyframes until the timing is right. And then yep. we could like, instead of delivering a thing that, good job, you closed that Jira. Instead, how about we deliver <laughs> the combat experience over time in a way that makes That's more sense. crazy. Osama, right? you need to stop. Get off the sauce, man. <laughs> what, whatever you're drinking is not good for you. It's melting your brain. These it's, ideas are crazy. It's just water, but I'll stop. Oh, sure it is. <laughs> just water. But I, 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 dude, it's such it's such a beautiful segue. And I, it almost sort of steals my thunder to the next topic a little bit. But I was going to literally say that for years now, one of the main things I say to animators, as a matter of fact, literally day one of my intro to animation class that I teach at iAnimate, I say, today is the first day you're going to stop thinking like an animator. I want you to start thinking like a game developer. And what that means is, and I should, and I say, I don't say game designer. I used to say game designer, but now I say game developer because that same speech could, should be used at the beginning of every other discipline's first day. Absolutely. Everyone on that floor is a developer, right? Everybody, whether you're a programmer, whether you're a designer, whether you're an animator, whether you're an artist, everyone's making a game and yeah. therefore everyone needs to have the game as a holistic thing, the gestalt of all these things that are going to be made to, to, to be put into the game to make this thing that we're going to play one day and hopefully sell and make lots of money. This is what everyone needs to keep in mind. That's the big eye on the prize or that's the prize that you have to have your eye on. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so what, what I try to do is I start getting people to try to start shifting their, 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 their mentality to go from making something look good to something that plays well. And hopefully, cause playing well, like, I mean, I talk about game feel is a really good book that I always plug called game great, feel. Great book. Really, back here really. Yeah. Mine's I, I move my bookcase, not even in here anymore, but it's a great book. If you're looking for, if you want, if, if what I'm saying is tickling your brain a little bit and you don't want to know more about it, then go find it. It's by, uh, what's the name of the author? Something Swink? I'm looking uh, for it, but I can't find it. It is in here somewhere. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, we it's failed probably, each other. It's okay. I have tons of, like, I don't know where it is. Anyway, take my word for it. <laughs> great book, though. Here. It's yeah, a good book. book. There are a Absolutely. bunch of other books that I would recommend, but that would be one of the ones I would I would say is at the top of my list. Um, and another another fun read that I really, really, really like because I I just I just love this man so much. The author, um, uh, Raf Koster. He yes. uh, he wrote a book the many years fun. ago called uh, The Theory of Fun, which I think it really hits home at the heart of what we're all supposed to be doing as a game developer, which so That's many of us forget. Because like you said, we start chasing those Jiras and it becomes a very task oriented thing. And we forget to sometimes go, wait a minute, where, isn't this whole thing supposed to be fun and engaging? Like, cause I feel like I, it lost a little bit of that in the process, but Absolutely. those are two books that would, should be mandatory reading if you wanted to get into game animation. Cause I think it's going to give you a bit of a perspective on what I'm talking about here, which is think a little bit about the game, you know? So when uh, you mentioned before that I worked in academia, so yeah. I was a teacher at Dawson for a short period of time before I became the coordinator of the video game programs. Yeah, and one of my responsibilities as a coordinator, he wrote the program there, by the way. Yeah, FYI. yes, I, I authored the independent the independent game design program, and the way we set it up, and this is not a plug because I'm no longer involved with yeah. Dawson. I teach. You're allowed like, to plug. Plug bit. all you want, anyway. <laughs> but it's 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 uh, it's I don't I don't really have strong ties to Dawson anymore, even though I have a lot of love for the program that we created together um the program we set it up in a in a way this is for designers this is a program mm -hmm. so that if you graduate you could either start your own indie studio or yep. work in an indie studio uh, or work in a bigger team that's possible yep. as well the the every semester mm -hmm. is four classes one is a game design class one is an art class that includes animation 
Mm-hmm. One is a programming class and one is a big business and market class. There you go. So yep. it's a design right. program. Yeah. And a quarter of the classes are design classes. There you go. You're not going to graduate and be an expert programmer. You're not going to graduate and be an excellent animator, but you're going to have a foundation yeah. in those that are going to help you be yeah. a much better designer. And that yeah. was a philosophy that we've had since the very beginning of the program. Yeah. You could go right now on the Dawson program, uh, the Dawson website and check the independent games I program and you'll see exactly what I told you every semester, every semester for long classes and all those, and in these four disciplines. And that's my philosophy. Like you cannot be, the best at what you do unless you understand so true the the the, the fields of the people who are working with you you just cannot you're you're gonna hit a wall at one point where all you're able to do is create assets or create basic designs like you don't you need that broader understanding so few of us have the the skills required in all of those areas to make a great game on our own and so you need to you need to you need to concede to the concept that you will have to rely on others Absolutely. But if you're going to rely on others, you need a common dialogue. Like you said, you need an understanding. You need to find some sort of overlap and like empathy with that other department so that you can at least um, have very constructive dialogue, you know, um, with with them and, and, and anticipate their needs. God forbid. So you're not just sending things across, like throwing things over the fence. Animators are very guilty of this. And then in being like, oh, I was told to do a jump animation. I just made one. I threw it over the fence. Someone's going to integrate that. And they'll tell me if it doesn't work or not. It's like, that's not the right attitude, man. You should take, like, take care of that jump. Like it's your child and make sure that it gets properly, the properly supported into it, into the world. Make sure it has an education fund. Make sure it's going to be loved. Make sure that you've explained to the other caregivers of like what, what, what you were thinking um, when you made this and maybe god forbid spend a little time talking to those other people that are going to be using it in the game and understanding their needs what they need for that 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 jump to be successful as well um so that everyone's aligned on the success of that jump everybody yeah. Yeah. as opposed to just you trying to make something look good and that you know whatever then you complain about it when when they, the, the programmers butchered it and the designers changed all the, the the timings on you and now it's like it's a failure and it's all because everyone else's fault wrong friggin attitude Wrong attitude. This is, this is something you could observe and measure, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Put it to the test. Talk to any designer and ask them, who's the favorite, your favorite animator that you worked with? Who's your mm-hmm. favorite programmer that you work with? Yep. They'll tell you. And I bet you, if you ask them, okay, why were they your favorite? One of the first things they're going to mention is because such and such understood design. So yeah. they understood the importance, they understood yeah. the principles, whatever it is, yep. they understood design. I yep. bet you the same is true if you ask an animator who's the best designer that you work for. Oh, because oh, yeah. they understood the place of animation. Within. Yes. yes. That's how it is. That's how that's that's how you understand yeah. that the person is a good collaborator. I mean, totally. I agree. The, the, the aspect of personality also comes into play. But just Always. the basic understanding of the yep. discipline and the, the, having yep. the respect for that discipline yep. is, is primordial. Just it's, listening. You know yeah. I mean, like it's funny because a lot of it comes down to optics. It's easier to make sure that you can you can listen and, and give the give off the impression that you understand. You don't have to understand animation, but you at least have to kind of get the big picture yeah. of how the process is done and what 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 animators are usually kind of keyed in on and what what makes them tick, what gets them up in the morning. You know yeah. what I mean, how can I as a designer leverage the the enthusiasm of and and talent and skill level of that art that artist over there, that animator, and vice versa? You know what I mean? Like the designer is also a creative person they just create in a very different way how can i leverage that how can i align our energies in a way to to get this thing across the finish line in the best way possible and people just don't always they're just not thinking like that you know 
it's also do you have do both people have the ability to abstract the skills of the other? Oh, you, you I'm, just keep I'm laughing someone in, in chat. They said showering. <laughs> yes, it does. That's a good. Absolutely. Point. Personal Absolutely. hygiene is important. Absolutely. Sorry, uh, Sammy, you're no, no, it's all good. I was just gonna say the ability to abstract when something is not finished and to be able to 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 you know uh, mm. understand that. For yes. example, if we're just gonna put keyframe animations for now to work on yep. it, that yep. the designer isn't gonna come in and say uh, this is not finished or this is not good. That they're able to fill in the gap. That comes with experience. So if you, yep. you be a little bit patient and you work yep. with each other, you'll understand that some things are have to be temporary for a while until you uh, you finish it up. Yeah. I'm going to do a huge leap here to switch Ooh. switch, switch to, uh, topics because it's something I really wanted to cover because you have um, some... And no uh, latency Mario leap? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah that's... Well, you're <laughs> reading my mind. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is an, a designer who gets me to can finish my sentences before I even finish them. No, I was going to talk about diversity. And the reason yes. why I want to talk about diversity is because it's an important subject to us um, uh, at this community. Um, we, we've had a number of people talk about it um, over over the uh, do you don't Mike you probably you probably do of course it's a dumb question but Mike Jung Booth yeah um, yeah absolutely. great great dude um, lots of really positive things to say constructively about this topic he's also uh, a very active very vocal member of GDC um, so I assume that your paths have probably crossed on many occasions I, Not I many, just but... oh no okay okay <laughs> yeah. um, so he so I did you did a talk not so long ago about like quite literally the talk was about being a Muslim designer. Yes. Like absolutely. that was like, quite, I don't know what the title was, but it might as well have been called that. What yeah. was the title of that talk? It was a how-to guide for Muslim representation in video games. Okay. It's a okay. long title. So, but, but <laughs> I, I don't fault you for not remembering the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It is kind of long. I got to like, I, I would have had to practice that. Yeah. So want to talk to, talk to us a little bit about this. Why did you do, why did you want to do a talk on this? Um, okay, so, and, which, mentioned... and, and oh, just, and basically, you know, just in, and how did that, how did that evolve to, to what it was and what, where it went? So uh, I started in the industry about uh, 14 years, almost 15 years ago. Yeah. And um, I actually noticed a big change in the industry. When I started, I started in a mobile studio. It was one of the bigger mobile studios. And okay. I was the only, uh, eventually there were others who joined, but I was the only Muslim in that studio with like 400, 500 people. Okay. Uh, eventually wow. we one had out of two 400. and then three. So like, you know, it didn't really yeah. uh, get the, much the, more than that. The needle moved, but it was like at an epically snow, snail pace. Okay. And I was super grateful for those extra Muslims <laughs> sure. that I was able to relate sure. to. But yeah, a, a person this, who's, star, who's, who's thirsty in a desert, it would be thankful for a drop of water, right? Yes, uh, just even a drop. Yes, a drop. And um, when I started in the industry, the language of diversity and inclusivity wasn't developed yet, or at least... Um, it wasn't very widespread. Like I didn't okay. back then. I didn't even know the term microaggression. I didn't know what it meant. Okay. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I, I worked with lovely people. There were good people. I really uh, mm -hmm. had very good coworkers. Uh, but I heard microaggressions on a fairly regular basis. People mm -hmm. would like, you know, in a casual, friendly way, you know, make a joke about how I'm a closet terrorist, as an example. Or okay. I've had more than one account people saying, hey, you're, you're, I like you. You're one of the good Muslims. And they don't right. understand that these are yeah, yeah. very loaded statements, God. even if it's just a joke. And it just kept othering me. It kept making mm, me feel yeah, like... Of course. You know, and from one hand, they're welcoming me to their lunches and we're friends. And on the other hand, I just feel like a person yeah. who just doesn't belong. You're always like being reminded that you're somehow you have special status, which is not ne necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it's definitely different. It's different. Yes. Yeah. And I got tired of, of feeling different. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. I also very early in my career, I was a junior. 
you don't, yeah. when you're a junior, you don't want to rock the boat, and rightfully no. so. You don't. The power dynamics are not in favor of you like raising you. Like, no. it's super easy to get rid of a junior and replace them. Mm -hmm. So, like everyone who's super uh, walks. When you're a junior, you walk on eggshells, and yeah. it shouldn't be that way. But unfortunately, most of the time, that's how it well, works out. Well, by the sounds of it, some people more so than others. Yes, because absolutely. maybe there's a maybe some people don't walk in the same eggshells as someone who might be, um, you know, underrepresented, for instance. Absolutely. Um, so I I played along. I laughed along. I yeah. just you know didn't say anything for the for quite a while. But it you know it was always on the back of my yeah. mind. Uh, one of the project I worked on misrepresented Muslims. It was kind of a Call of Duty clone, oh, no. first person shooter, and it it went to a point where I'm like, no, this is too much. So yeah. I started started slowly trying to educate and talk about it, but like i couldn't fix the game that was impossible it was like yeah. the premise was the foundation was wrong but yeah. i was able to change some major things about it like there was okay. a gunfight that was in a mosque it was completely like disrespectful of yeah. you know the the sanctity of the of yeah, the environment. yeah so i made them reskin it or, or suggested that yeah. they would reskin it as a palace just like just remove yeah, the sure. symbolism you know yeah, just absolutely. Don't, don't go there yeah uh, and i succeeded in that i was able to <laughs> oh that's that. good and it wasn't the only thing there were other things too like we had a game where um, the first person who dies was a black person and right. we're like okay you know that's a trope maybe you should move move away from that yeah. we had um, a game where the Okay, maybe I won't go into too many examples because then you'll figure out all of yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. That's no, not, no, that's not okay. the point of this. Like, I it's don't not. even mind talking about that. It's not the point. Is to, to look at those games. Clearly, you could point out examples literally all day. So. Exactly. Like seriously, no joke. Yeah. Uh, the point was there were a lot of things that went wrong, whether sexist, racist, or 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 yeah. And the the lang the the culture, the language back then in the industry wasn't that we call things out. It was more like, ah, oh, that's just the way. That's it is. just the industry. That's how games are. Yeah, exactly. So a few years ago, I think it's, it's five years ago, four, four years ago now, um, I started, I, actually more than that, I started uh, giving presentations locally in Montreal about Muslim representation. I'm like, by mm -hmm. the way, I'm sure you're not aware, this is a problem. And this is uh, like, th yeah. th you're, you're approaching this wrong. This is who Muslims are. These are the countries we come from. Um, this is, these are our beliefs. You don't know what our beliefs are. Uh, this is how our streets look. It's not all war-torn, ravaged, like you know we have we have happy smiling people walking the street as well and that's yeah. never represented mm -hmm. uh, these are our festivals look at like it's, yeah. it's, it's more about that because we were dehumanized in all forms oh, yeah. of media yeah. we're just we live in war zones and we're suffering and miserable so mm -hmm. if someone dies whatever it's almost a mercy so yeah like we're not we don't, we don't actually come off as as being human and yeah. I see that because I see a lot of people who meet me for the first time and they're like, you're not what I expect from a Muslim. You're happy, jovial, you're oh, love man. to hug. What What is this? And I'm like, most Muslims I know are, are like this. How many Muslims do you know? Oh, not many. Okay, so there you go. That's your yeah, answer. Well, for so, sure. So a lot I, of it comes from that... just never, ever having met anybody. It's only coming from the depiction in games and in film, which is the danger of exactly. games because that is their education, unfortunately. Fun, fun fact. They actually asked me in, in that first studio to voice uh record uh, one of the villains in the game who was an arab oh and God. they didn't take my recordings because they said I, w I sounded too friendly and i'm like no i'm just trying to make him a little human because he was just a caricature like yeah. a saturday morning cartoon yeah. caricature yeah. yeah and they're like no no we'll find someone else and of course oh they found the, the saturday morning cartoon caricature of course they did yes and eventually the whole, the whole like studio moved towards something better, and like we managed that franchise became more like GI Joe, where the villains were from all over the place instead okay, of just yeah. 
just a e- rabbit. Equal stand opportunity villains. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, but it's better. It's that's yeah, progress. Sure. That's in the right direction. Absolutely. I, took, I, took, I was really happy about these changes, yeah. Yeah. but that took years and yeah. iterations, right? That yeah. took many different uh, games of, in the franchise. Yeah. So I just I had I had enough. At one point, I was like, you know what? I'm, at that point, I was like intermediate going on senior in the industry i didn't i felt like i was confident enough that if i did lose my job because i was talking too much i could find another one when you're a junior you don't have that 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 kind of security i had a a family they were young family but i just couldn't take those chances so i started speaking up and being more selective of which project i worked on which companies i worked on and asking these questions Mm -hmm. which is natural um and now uh, like eventually i became the head of the igda muslim uh yep um the Muslim SIG, the yeah. special interest like group. Kind of like a chapter of some sort, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and helped like organize ice cream <clears throat> parties at nice. GDC that don't have alcohol so Muslims can feel comfortable. Yeah. And anyone's welcome. It wasn't just Muslims. Anyone no. can come. But like, yeah. you know, so yeah. like you at least have a place where if you don't drink or you don't necessarily want to drink at that point. Yeah. Could, it's not just about drinking, for instance. It's not just about drinking, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, so I started giving talks about accommodations, et cetera. And eventually yeah. GDC, I applied and they actually accepted my talk. I had been applying for for a oh, while before, and being rejected because i didn't and, and this is not their fault um uh, part of the process is how many presentations have you given before right Are any of them online yeah. let's see your caliber of, yeah. of, of speech yeah. so eventually i got invited to outside of montreal to toronto uh, to an event uh, organized by dames making games uh, and they gave me the first platform, oh, so like cool. the first platform to be able to talk about Muslim representation. Amazing. It required another upper uh, underrepresented group to be able to give 100%. another upper. It's just hundred like, percent. I was man, just gonna say that. That's so, so perfect. It's, it's were, just so poetic. They were so wonderful. They gave me a stage and a platform. And as soon as I had that, yeah. uh, Migs invited me to talk, and other people yeah. invited me to talk, and it just yeah. opened up the it doors. Just like it just was, yeah, because you've been on, you've been on fire ever since. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> uh, you start once that, once that, well, that, 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 that line of that door opened, it was like Osama yes. stepped through it. Yeah, was, actually, I think it was only a year later that we had a panel together at CGX in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, it you'd was, already was, been doing quite a bit of talks at yeah. that point. Yeah, exactly. I was really fortunate. I started giving talks at studios. Like I mm. gave a talk at Square Enix at one point, and mm. uh, like studios that I didn't work in. Like it just they, yeah. they would invite me. I yeah, gave yeah. Uh, this a similar talk of how to to all of Warner Media, and that I mean not Warner Games, Warner no, Media, like Warner Media. Yeah, so like they the invited group. me, and they were extremely amazing about it. And like uh, the, the 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 group was like the the, the chat because it was a, a virtual talk, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know it's it's across the globe. Yeah, um, very receptive. Uh, people like once you you show them that you know what was there was bad. They, mm. The people want to be good. They want yeah, to change. Yeah. They don't know. It's, it's most like, people. I most feel like, people. I think most people, on average, yes. if you can, if you can present it in a way. I mean, you know better than me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be even saying that because you're the one that's been in that hot seat. Do you do you honestly do, do you honestly feel like most people? You get that yeah, impression. Absolutely. Okay. No, hundred percent. hundred My faith my, in humanity re- requires me to believe that. <laughs> just yeah. why I just why I felt like I had to say most people. Oh, the mi- minority who just want to do bad they're the loudest and that's why they really stand yeah out sure and they make yeah. you feel like there's more of them out there yeah but no uh, absolutely the reception has been more positive like by every regard i mean my mm-hmm. my how like the talk the g stock the how-to guide 
was rated the second highest of that year at GDC out of 460 mm. talks. That's that's most people, right? Yeah, it was. That's not that's not nothing. People thought yeah. it was really pertinent. It was one of the first talks about Muslim representation in our industry. <clears throat> period. Wow. And uh, like, I'm extremely grateful to GDC uh, for so giving awesome. me that platform. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because like you know I'm obviously like you know I am I'm a white middle aged dude. Right. And so I find there's it's, it always, white I, well, thank you. you. That's very, that, that's yes, very kind. Of course. Um, it's, it's interesting because like it, it, this conversation is a tricky one. And the reason why it's tricky is because I, I consider myself a relatively accepting, very warm, inviting individual. I can, I have my days, but I think on, on average, I like to at least try to, I try to project that. Um, just cause I think it's who I am inside. I just like people too much to not want to know everybody, but even someone like myself, and maybe, maybe it's because maybe it's especially because of this, because I'm a bit more sensitive than the average Joe. I have like, I mean, I, I, there was even a discomfort, um, asking, asking you to even talk about this topic. Cause I don't, you know, like, how does it, does it, do you sometimes feel like, oh, I'm like the Muslim designer guy now. And like, I'm getting tapped just to like, I get, you know, like I get carted out of the box to sort of, to, 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 to talk about the subject. Like, does that, is there a factor in there? A really good question, because that's you know, something that we do talk about between us, like Muslims in the industry. We do have yeah. this conversation. Um, like, because hold on, just really quick, because full disclosure, yeah. like I wouldn't have brought this up unless I already asked you beforehand yeah, 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 if absolutely. it was cool that we talk about these things. And you seemed to, well, you know, to, 100% to be, you know for sure. OK, sorry. But I wanted yeah. to make sure everyone knew that I didn't drag you into this like, <laughs> online and like no. trapped you. But basically, go ahead. Sorry, you were going to say something. There's actually uh, a toll that comes on someone uh, whenever you ask them these kind of questions. About Absolutely. There is, there is, it's, it's a price, it it's an be. energy cost yeah. to be, yeah. to talking about this. Yeah. Um, that people who don't have to talk about this don't, don't really grasp uh, mm -hmm. if you're marginalized in any way you get an idea if you're marginalized in different ways there's like a multiplier level on top mm -hmm. so if you're for example a, a, a muslim and a woman oh uh, yeah so a woman oh, yeah. who's brown like double you know, like, exactly like that that makes it you know it's, it's yeah. even harder it's heavier so i'm, I'm fortunate uh, i'm muslim i'm brown but i'm not too dark and uh, you know like that colorism is also a factor as well for sure um, so i can, but I can I, imagine I've like to to me this is extremely important and I I'm willing to pay the price like I yeah. and it, to the point that um it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make not everybody, not, not everybody is not everybody should it's be important. either no that's the important part that's why yeah. I, I say one of my 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 points in the guidelines and the how to uh, representation is talk to us ask us yeah because it's worse to misrepresent us in, in the games oh yeah uh, than it is to yeah, you know, yeah. offend someone by asking them the question yeah yeah but not, <laughs> they're both like, kind of yeah, it's like there's yeah. there's like there's like there's almost a triage there, right? Exactly. But if you approach someone and say, like, and I've had this done expertly by many people I've worked with in across different countries, sorry, companies, uh, someone will approach and say, "Listen, do you have the emotional energy for this? Is this yeah. okay that I approach yeah. you with this? If you're not, that's totally okay. Give the person an out, because yeah. you don't know that they're." Our jobs in the industry are extremely demanding without any of these distractions. Like yeah. you know, they're extremely demanding on their own. So give give the person an out. You know, is this is yeah. this a bad time? Is this something you don't want me to approach you with? Yeah. If you do that, if you're like if you're conscious of it, that makes it easier for the other person to be like, you know what, yeah. I have I have an hour. I could give you an hour of whatever. Yeah. If you yeah. Yeah. Talk exactly. Uh, or I know someone. Let me refer you to someone. It yep. makes it much easier. Yeah. Um, if you just take it for granted, yeah. that's not good. That's yeah, actually yeah. bad. We're not your token. Like, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. Like I, I've worked in so many places that say, oh, you're an Arab. Can you translate this for me? That's not my job. <laughs> no, no, Hire definitely not. a translator. Right? Yeah. If yep. you're like in a bind, and you're like, listen, I'm sorry, in a bind, the translator didn't get back to me. Can you just talk yeah. this over quickly? Do you have the time? Yeah. If you don't have the time, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Those are two very different things. One, totally. you're assuming that I'm available and like, yeah. And I'm not, I may or may not be, but this is volunteer time. This is extra. absolutely. But Absolutely. if you're respectful of my time and you yeah. give me an out, yep. Yep. Uh, I'll give you anything you want. This, this well, it's is like important you, to me. It's right? like you said earlier too, like the this the power dynamic plays in here, yeah. right? So like in just because you ask someone, doesn't don't don't assume that they're gonna feel comfortable saying no. Right. And so, and this is what like adds to a lot of this sort of strain. Um, like uh, I mean, you you've been a champion and a spokesperson on this, um, which I figured, you know, made you, you know, kind of a, a safe, a safe bet that you'd want to talk about it, but like you know, and maybe, maybe even our conversation earlier, maybe I didn't even give you that out. I'm, you, I'm you literally reflecting did. on that right now. You absolutely did. Oh, yeah? I would okay, have told good. you if you did. Don't worry. Okay. You're good. You're because, good. well, but like, but it's true. <laughs> like, this is my point. My point is, is that this, this dialogue, there's people who want to do right, but they don't, they're not, they, because you don't experience what it's like to be on the other side of that equation, you literally cannot anticipate what it might feel like even to be asked an honest question about something. Like I remember, and I've, I've evolved a lot on this over, over the years. I used to kind of get, kind of get irritated. I feel like it's like, well, hold on a second. Isn't dialogue good? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It is. But there's a difference between dialogue and talking about it, which is important just for, for, for progress. But, it, it, but there's a difference between that, but also the, you know, assuming that the, 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 that the, um, you know, the people on the other side or, or like, I don't even like saying the word side because I mean, like yeah. that's part of the problem. And we're yeah. picking sides. It's not really supposed to be a sides, but basically when you ask someone from a group of people that might be marginalized or m might, might represent in your mind, um, sort of the, that perspective to, to assume that they're going to be okay with being a spokesperson is, is not, not, not good either. So no, it's a, it's, it's a delicate thing. It's almost like we need, all need a masterclass in understanding how to, find a way of making this kind of conversation safe, how to make it productive and how to yeah. make it, you know, how do, how can we really make, you know, steps forward, in, you know, in meaningful ways. And it's going to require, I think, you know, I don't know, it's going to require time and it's yeah. going to require a lot of education. I think, unfortunately. I have to say that things have been become, they've really improved dramatically. Since That's I good started to hear you say that. A hundred percent. And anyone that you are like, <clears throat> I, I'm willing to bet, the vast majority of people that from marginalized group that you would ask have things improved will say yes. It's, oh, yeah? Like if they're if they're gonna say it's good or not, that's gonna yeah, be yeah, sure. to their experience. That's a completely yeah. different yeah, it may but not like, reach the where the minimum level yet, but I mean they're still exactly. they're measuring a disparity or a, a, a development at least. Exactly. And the 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 difference is, is stark. I'll tell you that. Like the oh, amount yeah? the amount of comments I used to hear before that right now would be a, a let's go to HR. Yeah, yeah, no, that's was, it. When yeah. you were talking about like a closet terrace, I'm thinking, oof, yeah. like I don't even, I can't, but I have to honestly say that I remember the day where that would have just been like, ha ha, funny. Uh -huh. I'm probably yes. guilty of doing the same garbage like back in the day. And it's like, it's because it's about, it's, it's it all comes down to lack of perspective. And I think yeah. like the term it's microaggression. Yeah. And, and, and culture as well. Exactly. It required people to start naming these things, things so people can understand them and like yeah. be educated on them and then have time to reflect on them and go, man, like, and people, some people will never understand. Like I can't possibly understand because I am not um, a non-white male. Like, so I cannot ever, ever you imagine. You can't have the experience. I but can't you have could, the experience. You could have the empathy for it because yeah. you'll, well, you, if you hear so Technically, all I can really experience is sympathy. 
Yeah, exactly. Because empathy requires me to literally be in your shoes in some way to really fully understand what it would be like. I would have to somehow possess your body one day and walk around as you to really the science ever... science isn't there yet, but we'll Not figure yet. it out. I, I think, but wouldn't it be amazing? If we yes. could do this, imagine what, how, how quickly we could heal the world if people Absolutely. could quite literally experience what it's like to be somebody else. So we have something very close to that in the gaming sphere. That maybe yes, we, we do. Oh, um, what a great, what a great right? segue back to the topic. I, <laughs> I, I, I talk about no, but it's true though, right? It's, it's true. we, we literally, and I feel like it's such an untapped, relatively untapped medium to do what yes. it could truly do. Yes, it's it, some, some, some developers. I have to give them credit. There are, there is, there is definitely work being done in this area, but it's not mainstream enough for my, for my liking. So there is a game that I played. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot. I've been trying for the last 30 seconds to remember the to rem- name. Oh, really? Bring it up. I cannot remember the name, but it was a, a, a demo of a game, like a very small team that worked on okay. it. Um, that initially I didn't understand what the concept of the game was. I, okay. I, you spawn in an office and you have to do menial office tasks mm-hmm. and then you your workday is done. Uh, people say some strange things to you and okay. then you leave and on the street, a police officer slows down, asks you for your ID. And then oh boy. after a while, I realize I'm a black person. Uh, I'm playing a first person game. Yeah. I, I didn't understand. Oh, you're first person. That's so genius. So I didn't even realize, but I'm oh. like, this is odd. That's uncomfortable. Why did they make that comment? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm scared of like, this is... The way that the, yeah. t- the, the like cops going home down. is now yeah, weird and scary. Home. That's the power of video games. If we're yeah. able to have these Absolutely. experiences where we could literally you put you in, in yeah. the shoes of a person yeah. and you're not going to have the same lived experience because no, it's a very it's short fictional. Of time. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's a video game, right? But yes. I mean, at least at least there's that interaction as opposed to like, you know, movies are important, but it's, it's still, you're, you're living vicariously through yes. and you're watching as a third party observer and you can yeah. get emotionally connected very easily to the, to the, to a really good script and some good, good performances, but it's not quite the same as making your own choices. Um, and, 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 and then the consequence of those choices playing out in real time, like, because it's that, it's that, it's that it's making a choice. And then there's the feedback to that choice that we lack in movies. The feedback, especially because in a lot of, in that context, I barely even had choices. I was moving around, but things were happening to me out of my control. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. because of the God, what, I, now I need to know what this game like. Did, did, I'm gonna so find game, it. I'm gonna share it. Is to it do still under development? Because they yeah, need to make it. It was still like under. Oh. It was still under development. The game was was okay. not finished. Uh, it was yeah. made by a small team. I, I'll find the name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I just personally would like to know because like, did they put out a public beta or something like that? How did you play? Or I, did you play it behind closed doors or something? I played it behind closed doors, but there was a YouTube uh, page. Oh, for okay. It the okay. So, so they, they had, I'm okay. allowed to talk about it. I just don't remember the name of the game. We had a fund and we wanted to distribute it to to marginalized people and that yeah. was one of the games that was submitted that we we, we yeah, had, interesting I believe, I believe we chose i voted for it at least mm. <laughs> um but yeah so that's basically yes. that things have uh improved i do believe they will continue to improve mm. the, like like i said before well, we nobody would give me a platform now I yeah. have platforms yeah and i'm not the only one there's a lot of yep. topics uh there's still some room to be done there because right now whenever you go to any conference and you go to an advocacy track which is really important to have the people who are there are the people who are not usually the problem because they're open to hearing advocacy ta- talks the the ones who are not showing up to these talks are the ones who need to hear it the most and that's a problem that we have to try to find a resolution for it, try to try to to uh to solve mm-hmm. um so if anyone has any ideas on how we could do that you know that'd mm-hmm. be great <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean without forcing people either because that usually has the opposite 
Um, yeah, exactly. So what's the middle path here where you could show people that it's important for them to see things from other people's point of yeah, view? Yeah, it's not that that's the tricky part, right? Like it's like you're dealing with so many biases and so many like the, it's just it, it's unbelievable like the 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 immovable mountain of dealing with trying to change the opinion of someone and it's fun it's interesting that often the people that are so strongly opinionated on these sort of things most of them don't even have a strong opinion it's not theirs it's been borrowed by someone else their father their parents their church their whatever their their education their culture their neighborhood their whatever like literally anything other than their own cognitive sort of like reflection and critical thinking that led to an opinion on something formed based on facts. Normally, most people and the, the people that are really well spoken and intelligent, they, I find, often don't even believe the things that they're saying because they're using it for usually leveraging for politics or Absolutely. some other reason. Like it's because anybody who's truly educated and truly traveled, in my opinion, unless they're a sociopath, they typically don't have the, the opinions that some of them sort of flout. 100%. Politicians are extremely guilty of this. 100%. And it drives me bananas. And and it's sad because then uh, it is so many people that just eat it up because whatever, because they're just, they, they're they playing into an emotional chord, you know, like they fear know exactly politics what they're thing. doing. Yeah. They no, know they, exactly know they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And it's, it's sad because I sit there and it, like, I don't think that anything bothers me more than that. I think that on a level of like, on, and it, there's a lot of things that piss me off in this world, but watching someone manipulate a group of people in, in a very dangerous way that will lead to difficult times ahead for uh, any other group of people. It, just for their own private gain is yeah. it is despicable. And I really, truly, if there is a hell on this planet or off this planet, or do you, if you believe in that, I just like to think that in some way the universe is going to punish these people in a, in a very special way, because it just, I mean, I really hope that a, as a society, as, as, a, as for humanity, that we find a way to stop promoting to stop like encouraging to stop rewarding people with that kind yeah. of mentality it just uh, i really hope that we i mean i don't believe in utopia i don't think that's possible. no no no, are flawed, no but i for just, sure like i i'd like to believe that we're gonna get past i, like, I have to point. believe yeah. i mean like i mean i know you're a dad i'm a dad i mean part of it plays heavily into the idea of like wanting this world to be a better place than than yeah. it was for me because yeah. I think that if we're not paying it forward, and that's why I like things like climate change, it, it it irritates me. I can't even begin to explain. And you hear these arguments on these other sides of this issue. And like when it comes to identity politics and 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 in the environment, and it's like just you know what? All you gotta do is spend a little time following the money, usually. Yeah. Usually it's something as simple as there's a reason why people believe that. And some in just because that person believes it doesn't mean that they do, but the politician that convinced them to believe that, they probably will be benefiting somehow with money. Exactly. So it usually, okay. unfortunately, is the, the driver. Yep. A fossil it's fuel sad. company that's paying them yeah. the back end always. It's just yeah. crazy. You know, Lobbies. I don't know. Like um, it's uh I was gonna say I can't remember what it was. It was something about uh something about the topic of identity politics. But um anyways, yeah, I lost my my train of thought on that. But yeah, I I I just think it's it's we do have to we have to find a way, like you said. What did you say? You said we have to find a way of 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 making it so people can't keep profiting somehow yeah. or or like we, we oh, have I to remember stop what I was rewarding saying. it. We have to stop rewarding people doing being this exactly. 
It, yeah. The incentive system needs to be yeah. recalibrated. Exactly. So there is never, because that's the thing, like that's, a, that's another interesting part of the dynamic here, right? If the system has been built in a way where people are incentivized to do the wrong thing, yeah. they're going to do the wrong they're thing. They're going to do the wrong thing. That's they're exactly going to do it. the wrong thing. There are not enough people that are going to be like, there's not enough people that will see a $50 bill fall out of a person's pocket, pick it up and chase them down and give it to them. Yeah. There's not enough of those people. So unless there is an incentive to do the right thing, as it's, it's, it, we don't necessarily even need an incentive to do the right thing. What we need is a, is no longer incentives to do the bad thing. To do the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, hundred exactly. percent. I Absolutely. remember what I was going to say. It was about uh, the new bill in Canada that there was being that was being proposed, which was essentially I can't remember what it's called, but it's a bill that is essentially trying to enforce the already existing um, um, laws on the books um, when it comes to hate speech and intimidation yeah. and bullying. But it's all focused online, and there's a there's a good number of people in this country that seem to be very bothered by this bill because they're saying oh it's freedom of expression blah 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 and again it comes down to politics because it's like have you even read the friggin bill it's like these laws are already on the books this is just to try to extend it so that the law enforcement and the government have more control over stop if you're really worried about this bill then i see i i believe it's either one of two things it's because you are someone who likes to to spread hate and you like to bully people and you like to be a dick online you're a freaking professional troll or the more likely scenario scenario is because you've been misled and people yeah. want you to believe that that's what it is and it's just an infringement on your your right to have a disagreement it's like yeah. there is a big difference between disagreeing with someone and hating on someone absolutely and I mean, Absolutely. in online, I mean, if you've not been, if you've never been targeted and I've luckily, and I'm like probably jinxing myself right now, if you've, if you've never been targeted online to be like bullied and hated, you don't know what you're talking about. I um, on several occasions had to remove my online presence for periods of time because oh, no. white supremacists found out about something I said and you know this decided is a, that. Yeah, it's, this is a world that none, most of us luckily have not had to go through. Yeah, but unfortunately, because of that, we now can't connect with what that might be like. And we might be one of those vocal people that are arguing against something like a law that might protect from yeah. something, like some, someone from something like that. I don't know. It just it boggles my mind why you, anyone would ever be against something like um, stopping online hate and hate. What's it called? Hate. Um, there's a word that's it's because of, you know, like uh, social media. It's called hate mining or hate hate factory no, maybe no not hate mongering it's it's sort of like it's a way that so people will use their social presence and their yeah. online identity to generate hate essentially to try yeah. to get their followership to then go and attack a person or a group of people i'm aware of the concept i don't know what yeah of course it's it's a yeah. very intuitive concept but it yeah. there's a there's a there's a there's a someone might know in, in chat they might tell me yeah. but it's it's it, it i i it was i remember when i first heard it i was like that is a very appropriate word or phrase yeah for what that is yeah. but it's anyways uh hate rating hate is raid. That, that's right that's something but that's very specific to twitch so to hate twitch, rating is yeah. yeah we had that we had our first experience with that not so long ago unfortunately no, yeah we so did sorry. it was a group of jerks that just decided to come in here and just start throwing around racial slurs and i we, I was just like trying to manually remove them one at a time and i'm just like why do we live in a world where that's funny for somebody yeah you know what i mean like and like, how do we fix we got to fix that yeah. Again, incentivize, right? It's like if there's an incentivization that that's funny and that gives them some sort of social currency and cool credit with their buddies, well, then, yeah, then they're going to continue to do it, unfortunately. I don't Absolutely. know. Man. It's so freaking screwed up, this world. It is, Sometimes. It is. I have hope. I guess, <laughs> we have to, I guess we can't fix everything. We have to no, no, solve no. the biggest problems first and hope for the best. You know? Absolutely. 
anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I thank you for, for being a trooper and, and going down this road a little bit. I, I, um, Kidding, you know, thank like, you for having me and giving you this platform and access to all these wonderful people. Hello, yeah, wonderful yeah. People. Uh, hello, wonderful people. Hello, chat. <laughs> Speaking of chat, you got uh, maybe uh, another fourteen minutes or so, maybe twenty minutes, just to kind of uh, maybe field a couple questions that might float sure. our way. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. All right, um, let's see here. Um, we have one here for Petar. Petar always asks the big questions. So I'm going to prepare you. And oh, let me, hold on a second. Let me read it first, and then I'll bring it up just because it's a long one. All right. Question. When people are applying for a job, there's a discourse between opinions of the of hire based on skills, not on color, sex, etc. versus what would what would be assuming that the burst, the, 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 that per, the, the best person for the job is not a person for uh, of color. Except, OK, I, I get what you're saying. Basically, yeah. that this sort of there's these two there's 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 these two kind of concepts and two arguments that sort of be that send, tend to float around the, the, the topic of 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 hiring. I'm under the opinion that skill should be what determines the outcome. At the very least, it shouldn't be overshadowed by diversity. But then again, I'm white and I don't have a, a lot of industry experience, so I may not be very informed. Can you elaborate more on the significance? Yes. Well, that's actually, a very big question. Yes, but a very good one. Thank you yeah. for asking this question. Uh, actually, there's two sides to this, two answers to this. So they work yeah. one with the other. The first is um, this is human nature. Everyone will always hire people who are more like them. And mm. more like them can mean a lot of things. It's not For just sure. race. It's no. not just sex. It's not just gender. It's not. It just could be, but it doesn't have it to be. be. But yeah. it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Uh, people want to hire people like them because they, this is natural. Even, and they have to fight it mm -hmm. uh, because they want to get along with that person. Yeah. So they'll hire people with similar backgrounds to them, who speak similar languages to them, without like with similar accents, whatever that is. Um, there are a lot of studies, and you could look online. There's a lot of studies that say that show that if you have a, a, a like an Arab name, you're like a third of uh, as, as likely to get an interview and then half as likely to get the job up. after. Uh, and as soon as they remove any names from that process, yeah. the, the chances become equal or close to equal. Yeah. This uh, has been proven many times, many times over um, this. The, symphonies actually have musicians they generally are, are mostly men uh they did a study where they actually hid the performer behind a curtain while they were auditioning for the symphony yeah and it was still skewed towards the men and then they said oh you know what take off your high heels when you're walking on stage because the the the, the oh, people listening no would hear way. click 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 no and that was way. enough of an indication that this person was a woman that they oh just and as soon as that was removed they had almost 50 50 parody in, in oh. how they were able to so that's one side of it the one <laughs> side of it is that um this is natural that natural doesn't always mean good but this is normal for people mm -hmm. to always want to hire people like them mm -hmm. so if you just remove that uh, these these barriers if you just don't have uh, an accent person you don't know the race of the person who's coming you don't know uh the, their their skin color their their gender all these and you just look at their their qualifications already that's gonna that, that's going to help in one side and once those people who you're hiring they get into positions of power eventually they're able to hire more diverse people who, who are like them and you know like the, the cycle yep. will break yep. so that's one side you'll create more opportunity <clears throat> and you'll find these better people who are not getting a chance these more skilled mm -hmm. people who are yep. not getting a chance because they were they were unless there's yeah incredibly spectacular mm -hmm. they you know they don't make it through and yeah. it's also been shown that um the the percentage of really good women who are programmers is extremely high because 
going through programming in university is a gauntlet it's it's uncomfortable because of the ratio of how many women uh apply and then they're all alone surrounded by men yeah so the ones who make it through generally tend to be much better than the average man who who codes true story like, because they're the the the, the creme de la creme so yeah. Imagine, they needed to be to survive. They needed to be exactly. Yeah. So imagine if you just level the playing field a little bit, how yep. many you'll get, like yep. who who are just going to be able to make it. So that's one side of the story. The second side of the story is diversity is a strength, and this has already been shown. Yeah, and if it's you, it's a it's a value in itself. It's a value in itself. Exactly. If you have a team of designers, or in your case, animators, who have exactly studied at the same school, who grew up in the same hometown, who know the same language, who have the same references, who just know the same things, even if they're uh, uh, like equal in skill and really, really good with another team who is extremely diverse. They come from all different walks of life. They, they come from different backgrounds. They have different frames of references. Which team do you think will be better? Even even if you say if they're at the same skill level, but even if the one that's more diverse is at a slightly lower skill level, which one do you think will, will perform better? The one with more references, the one with more different lived experiences, the ones who are going to be able to challenge each other and bring more to the table. The diversity by itself in creative fields, you cannot argue it. Like there's so many studies that show they it brings something new to the table. Yeah. And in creative yeah. fields, that new thing is invaluable. Yeah. So those are yeah. the two approaches. One is it's unfair. And if you're saying, well, it's uh, like it's already unfair now. And if you're saying, well, it would be unfair if we look at anything but but skill, you are already looking at something other than skill. You're yeah. already hiring people who are like you. This is already how the industry yeah. is. And yeah. this affirmative action or whatever is just trying to like it's bridge breaking the, gap the cycle. Little, yeah. Just a little I, bit. I think the break the cycle thing is a really good way to put it because if you yeah. think about it, there's companies out there that are playing the long game and companies yeah. that play the short game. Unfortunately, most are thinking about the short game. What that means is it's and that comes down usually comes down to capitalism, in my opinion. It's about it's about the bottom line, and they don't want to take a step back in order to take a leap forward because they're just not interested in that. They're interested in the status quo. And as long as they're always showing marginal gains, their shareholders are happy and therefore everything is great. But it is a difficult sell to a board of a board of directors or like to, to be like, look, this is what we're going to do, which will it will like, let's put the cards on the table. There is a high chance that we will take an immediate hit on, on skill and experience potentially, but, but what we will do is we will disrupt the cycle and long term we will be light years ahead of the other competition because we will have transformed the actual the base of talent and creativity on our on our on our floors because think about this too think of imagine yourself under underrepresented um you know, in, in the industry, like, um, like say you're a, you know, I don't, I'm just gonna pull something out of my, my head, like an African-American female. Um, and you want to get into design and there are, it's not to say that there aren't African-American females in game design, but there are, in my, my experience, I've met very, very few. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I've met very few. Imagine though, that there are other girls in that same sort of category of demographic that don't see people in that job so they don't even think of it as even something they would even imagine doing after school or that's they, exactly to, to, my experience how do you way. fix the friggin problem if you're not advertising that this is a this is a safe place for you this is a place that you can go and like maybe there's little girls that are like the, the biggest gamer of all time but they never considered it as a job because well because i heard that 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 that, that uh, the design or studio game studios are toxic places for women and of people of color why would i even do that to myself 
So, so how do you fix that? You have to fix it by just taking the brave people who are willing to put themselves out there as trailblazers and, and fix it. So I've uh, been making games since I was extremely young. I have pictures of me making a board game <laughs> I, out of a pizza I'd pay box. money to see one of these games. Yeah. <laughs> I used to make like board games. I used to make levels for Doom and, and uh, Heroes of Matter Magic. In my uh, early That's 20s, awesome. I learned Flash and I made like crappy Flash games. And people always, you know, designers, when they get around, they ask each other, what did you know you wanted to be a designer? And yeah. everyone's answer is seven, eight, nine, yeah. when they got their first con- console. Yeah. Mine was 27. When one of my Arab friends got a job as a game designer, and I'm like, oh. You're like, that's a thing? I can do that. <laughs> and I never thought that wow. was possible. Game design is actually my third career. I switched to it because I was like, what? I studied what? political science. I worked oh, as man. a shipping agent. And then I switched and became a freelance graphic and web designer that was 100% oh self-taught. And then I became a game designer. I actually became a game designer when I was 28. Hmm. So it took me six months. I built a portfolio and I was only able to do it because of what wow. you just said, which is I saw a person who was like yeah. me who got that job. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just something clicked yeah. in my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've <clears> been doing my, I already had a portfolio. I already had a portfolio. I just had to like piece it together and like take out the bad part. That's and crazy. Polish it. I've already knew how to do the thing. And I never considered it as a job because that's, that's just not in the realm of possible. Like it that wasn't just a thing I had thought was possible. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. I, I I think that a big reason as to why why I feel like you're so in in my eyes at least very successful um, at at taking a very balanced, very inclusive attitude towards game development is a lot of it has to do with you had a lot of life experience before. So maybe it was Thank for you. a good thing. Maybe that's your superpower that maybe. you didn't come in as like because a lot of game designers they come in at first in like quality control, like they yeah. do they do testing and like they went from just being an avid gamer and then they as a young age they ended up end up getting their first chance to be on the dev team. And it's like you didn't take that typical same route. You came at it from a completely different angle. Um, you would, you were a mature adult by the time you even got into the industry. So you were kind of, I don't know. It's interesting. I think that's part of, maybe part of the recipe. We diversifying we'll will actually bring it out. a lot more people like that, by the way. Say that again. Part of, um, opening up your door to diversity will bring a lot oh, yeah, more people I agree. from different walks I agree. of life. People I agree. maybe who worked in, in, I don't know, uh, board games or people yep. who worked yep. in movies or comics or whatever. Yep. And let me tell you, some fresh perspective is something that is, uh, I think, uh, definitely needed in these Absolutely. areas. Absolutely. And so that's how else are you going to like come up with cool, fresh, new ideas and ways of explaining, you know, concepts and problems, which is what media is supposed to do in the first place, right? If there's yes, and enter- entertainment, but I believe that uh, truly good entertainment is always has always has some sort of uh, educational component to it. I 100%. believe that's what makes someone really connect, even if it's just emotional. You know, that, that, that is education in itself. You, t- you take a game like The Last of Us and there's lots of things being taught in a game like that, which is why, and a lot of it's emotional. Um, and and it's, this is why people are, they may not know why, but they're drawn to it in a very, very, very... Um, the book that you, you mentioned, A Theory of Fun, is exactly yes, that. The theory behind that book is that fun is learning. When you stop learning, Bingo. you stop having fun. That, that is like the thesis. You're right. He, exactly. he calls it, um, uh, what's it called? He, he has a cool name for it. Um, where uh, oh, he, he coins a term in his book, which is what you do when you're learning something. And like, oh, it, gorking it. Gorking. Right? That's gorking. right. Yes. <laughs> gorking is essentially the activity that of learning something and, and packing it in your brain so that yeah. you can then master it to the point where you can build a sub process in your yeah. subconscious that can just 
actively do this and it feels good. Your endorphins are released because it's like you are, you win, you, you figure that out to the point you can now just always do that. But then a good game will then challenge that and cause you exactly. to require you to take that unpack it. And then, Oh man, okay. I got to retweak the formula. And then, and then, so you get to feel that again, gorking it again, feeling like you mastered it again and again and again. And it's that, that we call it a learning curve in a game yep. typically, but basically you're riding that curve and designers, their job is to try to perfect that curve, make yep. the timing on that. So that the release of endorphins are coming yes. in regular intervals essentially is basically the, the job. flow of it. It's a flow. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, Absolutely. we're such nerds. I love it. I love it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> but I actually uh, really love that that question from Petar. So yeah, Petar, you. honestly, and it was a brave question because it touches yeah. on like sort of that discomfort of being a white yeah. dude. It's like, am I even allowed to ask that question without looking like a dick? Like, With I mean, you I, are I, always. I feel like it is. <laughs> was that absolutely? Uh, he could always ask me that. Yeah, no yeah. Whatsoever. Thank you, Osama. That's awesome. <laughs> of course. Okay, so um, I don't know if we have any other questions, but uh, we are drawing to a close here. If you have anything else, if you have any last minute things you want to put into. Um, this wonderful person's brain. Uh, now's a good time to do it. Look who's talking. Ah, get out of town. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's okay. We if, can wrap up. That's yeah, fine. Let's, let's mean, wrap that it up. just means we did a good job during we the did. talk. That's all we did. We answered means. all yeah. of the questions. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, thank you. Honestly, it was really great. This is something that, I, that I've been meaning to do. I mean, I, I know that I, I, I threatened to do this a long time ago and it took a while to finally get you on the show. So, Thank you for 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 actually coming when I did finally reach out, and um and I know that you're extra crazy ridiculously busy, especially with GDC. Um, so it's I know it, it means a lot that you took the time out of the day. So thank, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you very much for having me and for giving me the platform. I see a yeah. last second question by Petar at the back. What's the Petar origin behind? It's always the last minute guy. Okay, you can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I actually, yeah, we have a couple uh, a couple of minutes. Uh, I actually oh, always loved. That's a good question. Yeah, I always loved hats. I always used to have them before, and uh, this is this is divulging all my secrets. I haven't talking about oh, spoken boy. about this publicly, so yeah, this is a good one. You've heard it here um, first, folks. <laughs> uh, a long time ago, I read an article also by Raf Koster, who wrote oh, the theory of fun uh, on the website that used to be called Gamma Sutra, which has yes. recently rebranded as Game Developer. Mm. Um, in this article, he spoke about how if you're a person in a leadership position in game dev, it's a good idea to have a brand, a visual yeah. brand and like a, a personality brand and all that. And what he was saying is his brand, which was funny, he had crumpled up like long shirts that were like beige or olive colored. And that's his brand. When people is that see a brand him, or an excuse? I don't know which one, maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> Very I genius still, play on his part. I still thought it was funny. And I'm like, well, I like hats. What can I do to make my, cause, but I had a, a wide variety of collection of hats. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to follow this advice and I'm going to pick my favorite hat and I'm mm. only going to wear hats that are like my favorite hat. Like my it. favorite hat is the flat brimmed high yep. top snap back baseball cap <laughs> right. with no logo. So I, if you look at the back, none of the hats in the back have, have a logo except Wait. for the Warner Brothers one over here. Yeah. Right there. And there's like, is that a Metro one back there? Metro? Metro? Uh, it looks like a little down arrow. It looks like a Montreal Metro logo on one of those hats. Oh, no, this is the, the Warner Brother logo. So oh, they okay. made wow, this. It really looked this like is from a, the camera. It was weird. <laughs> this is a one of a kind. They made this just for me because no, like they, they were like, "Hey, Osama, <laughs> That's so this is a gift to you. It's a flat brim, high I top, Warner Brothers hat." Um, but otherwise, like I almost, almost my uh, my entire collection. I have like a few exceptions are <laughs> exactly that. They're like solid color, one thing. I love it. And now I'm. I became known for it. It worked. People recognize you because. Oh of yeah. It. 
and yeah. uh, it helps you stand out. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'll lean into it. Raf Coster is full. You know, I was he he was one of he's an industry veteran and one of he's my, awesome. my mentors, like my idols. And one day I went to GDC and they invited <clears throat> me to speak on at a, a, in, on a panel <sighs> that was called The Long Run. This was three years ago. Okay. I'm like, wait, what is this about? They're like, oh, industry veterans. I'm like, I'm not a veteran. I've been in the industry for 12 years. They're like, dude, the average, you know, lifespan yep. of a game dev is seven years. You're a veteran. Yep. It's a true story. And I felt like an imposter because I was there sitting next to Raf Koster, like yeah. literally one of the greatest minds yeah. in video games ever. Yeah. So let me just put this perspective for those who are listening who might not know who he is. Raf Koster, the reason why he's my one of my many heroes is he was actually a designer on one of the most groundbreaking games that changed the face of gaming, in my opinion, it's Ultima Online. Yeah. Ultima Online was the very first MMORPG. The only thing that could be technically defined, you came close, were something that were called um, um, uh, multi-user dungeons. They were, they were like before, before and like on the Ultima Online. Now Ultima had a series of games already. They were all these RPG games that were like isometric down sort of games. So they just took that and then brought it all online. But that was a huge deal because like we're talking massively online. That's yep. the massive part of the MMORPG, right? Multi massive multiplayer online RPG. Yep. And um, it was, I was there day one. Those servers got launched. So when I found <laughs> out, like when I learned, you were there too? Yes, oh God, I was. That's so cool. It was my that's first so MMO. No way, oh man. <laughs> Absolutely. I knew, I knew there was a reason why we loved each other. But um, this there game, I could go on for quite like forever on how amazing that game was and how much it taught us, uh, like yes. people in general, gamers yeah. and developers alike. But um, anyways, he was one of the designers and he went on to then be um, a developer for, he was like, wasn't he like a, the creative director or something? Like he was high up or game director for for Star Wars um, uh, Galaxies, right? Which was the MMO RPG uh, in the Star Wars universe, the first one that they had done. But did he do something in between? I'm trying to remember. He's he done a lot of that. He even started his own studio. Uh, what's I'm trying to I'm 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 scouring my mind to remember what mm -hmm. else he did. But Ultima is definitely his big one. Big, his the, big first changed. one. Yeah, and he was yeah. pretty junior at the time because I mean yeah. that was a long time ago. I was like, I was in college when that came yeah. out. So yeah, me too. Nineties. <laughs> but he's a great person. He's extremely kind, very patient, yeah, really super nice. Super great. If you get a chance to hear him talk, you got to go. Yeah. And many people don't know that, but he's actually Latin American as well. That's true. Very you true. Yeah, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't know it. To, yeah, you wouldn't know he, it because his yeah. last name is Coster, and it sounds like German. Yep. But he's actually yep. Latin yep. American. Yeah, yeah. He. Um, it's funny because I see someone posted Richard Garriott. Richard Garriott was like the creative director of that game, um, and so I was lucky enough, believe it or not, at a GDC. They, uh, it was one of the GDCs, one of the last ones before the pandemic hit. Where they, but if you ever go to GDC, you got to take a look for. They always have this thread of talks that are called retro game talks. Yeah. They're like they're they're. I think they're called something postmortems. Yeah. They're like they take a really old game that's famous by this point and like legendary status, and then they bring some of the devs back to talk about it. They did this for UO not so long ago, and say they had Richard Garriott was there. They had oh like Lord um, Blackburn or whatever his name was. Like mm -hmm. they had like pretty much the 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 the, the main crew, and mo most of those people had personalities in the game itself. Yes. And they had British. Like, <laughs> Lord British was was Richard yeah, Garriott exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and anyways, so they came. They, so that same GDC, I actually went to that talk, but also saw Raf give a talk as well. And then there was even some sort of weird, interesting overlap, if I remember correctly. But they, um, yeah, man, that that, that they just they just don't make games like that anymore. No. Sadly.
It's not the same, but uh, mm. it's there. We still make good games, so that's important. We do sometimes. Well, okay, we're gonna try to make. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna try to allow you to actually smoke bomb out of here and um, <laughs> and get back to your busy day. But again, thank you, thank you from behalf of the community. Thank you, chat, for being here, and uh, we'll have to have you back. Um, we we we. I just feel like we scratched the surface on all the things we could talk about. But I'm looking forward to it. You've all been wonderful, especially you, Brett. Thank you uh, very thanks, much. Bud. Cheers. Have a good Bye. one, Osama. Bye. Okay, so thanks for being here, everybody. Um, it um, it was a pleasure to have him on. I, I I it's funny because we never actually worked together, uh, myself and Osama. We've we've sort of kind of worked kind of almost together. Like he was at Dawson, I was teaching at Dawson at the time. Neither one of us work at Dawson anymore. There's a college in in, in Montreal. It's considered one of the uh, go-to places for animation. If uh, if you're curious, um, it's uh, it's got a very good program, and um, and uh, we we ended up actually finally meeting on a panel. Um, it was, I think it was a panel. I think it was the first one he'd, I should ask him when he was still online, but it was, um, I think it was in Ottawa. I think maybe, um, we, uh, sorry, Ottawa, they have, a they have a, a conference here. Um, that now it's, 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 it's been only been running for a number of years. Um, it's usually, uh, it's usually launched by Jillian mood. Who's, um, a very vocal person in, um, sort of game dev, um and you know trying to get great minds together to to talk about game dev and and so anyways she's a mover and shaker in the business and she she runs this what's that camera is called actually hold on i'm just gonna bring it back he's still there well <laughs> i brought you back what's the name I'm of back. that conference it's cgx in ottawa cgx <laughs> thank you okay i'll let you i'll finally let you go thank you dude bye, bye. So yeah, so that that was where we actually I think I think was the first thing, and then we done a couple a couple panels I think together um um in the past as well. But it was just nice to finally get them on, and because uh, I I could tell it, like really quickly that we really see eye to eye on a couple of these really core issues that live at the heart of just making good games. The one question I was going to ask him, but it was just too big of a question. Maybe we'll get him back at one time at some point. Just discuss the singular topic of video game companies suck at prototyping. And then we can just discuss like that is a thing. And like, why is it that that seems to sort of stop good development, good games from happening? Um, because I think it, as, a, as, a, as a whole, the industry struggles with this. Indie games are better at this. These big gargantuan companies or AAAs that have lots of money to do this well, um, funny enough, have the hardest time doing this at all. And it's just weird. But anyways, a topic for another day. So I will see everybody on the next stream. Thanks again for being around. Thanks for being part of the community. Stay animated and um, have yourself a good day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.